Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. We are recording after seeing each other in person once again. Yay! Uh, it doesn't it, happen very often, no. but when it does, it's super fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had a great time. I got to meet uh, your your new puppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> I, I actually it all just came flooding back into my mind but we don't have to talk about it i i really appreciated <laughs> you know meeting the new puppy and once she got accustomed to the house zoe the first thing so for those who have listened to this show for a while know that i have a small uh very very, very small like the size of a rabbit dog <laughs> like you'll watch a squirrel run outside and peterborough is well known for its vast populace of of uh of black squirrels and you'll watch one run by on the front lawn and you'll think oh crap how'd the dog get out <laughs> and uh that's it's it's just it's yeah uh, I, was just, I think bunny might have been too big actually you're giving <laughs> her well that, i'm giving her too much credit <laughs> bunny is a good descriptor when she's got her fur real long but when she's cut real close uh like in the summer it's it's a squirrel um <laughs> you just leave maybe like what at one one time when we cut her hair i'll ask ashley because she cuts zoe's hair is she should just cut it all uh you know short throughout the body but leave her tail puffy and then literally she will look like a squirrel like no <laughs> no questions asked but uh zoe was not you know too fond of having a new uh dog in the house but they i think they got along well and lex quickly. lex is huge too so lex is a full-grown golden retriever yes. so there's a quite a big size difference there <laughs> yeah but zoe doesn't care like zoe will attack you know the ups man the fedex man rottweilers big dogs small dogs like i i think i told you we were walking down that we don't take zoe for walks anymore because you you i mean she gets exercise just you know run around the house she's so small <laughs> well yeah she has to take 20 steps to go three feet <laughs> yeah and you can hear her a mile away because she she hates to have her nails clipped so it's whenever we do get a chance to do it but when we go out for walks uh, like we have to cross the street if a dog is coming because uh, the owners of the other dogs will always say, oh, she's so cute. Oh, she can't do anything. And my dog's super friendly. And then my dog, you know, Zoe just goes after them, like literally nipping at their faces. And the owners look at me like I'm the problem. I'm like, hey, man, I told you she's not a very nice dog. And uh, <laughs> and that's how she says hello. Um, but being being vicious. Uh, but yeah, no, we had a great time. And you came uh bearing a uh, uh i would call it a gift my legs would not call it a gift but uh, <laughs> uh you brought ring fit adventure and we played a bit of that we did and i so i know you were thinking you were kind of on the fence about getting it so sure. i decided to get it because i had always really enjoyed using my Wii fit you know way back in the day uh it was actually something that i i made use of as as part of my like daily routine i'd get up and with the we fit with the um like balance board thing it was actually really good for yoga back when i you know cared about exercise and stuff so i was like you know what nintendo made me care about exercise before and now they've actually made it a proper kind of like adventure game now i say a proper adventure game but it's very much on rails it's mm-hmm. like temple run except for it doesn't auto run you you have to make the legs go but you don't choose the direction that you run or anything and the story is super super thin so i mean this isn't any kind of like you should go buy this because it's an amazing game it's like a fun excuse to get up and get active i guess it's like you are 
exercising, but you don't realize it because the game is distracting enough. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great sort of descriptor for the for the way. Like you're right, We Fit was great. Uh, we Fit You is kind of like this weird side upgrade to it. Like it was essentially the same game with some new mechanics. Um, but Ring Fit Adventure, you're right, is 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 very much a game. This isn't a collection of exercises that you just do you know it's not a regimen it's it's a there are although it does and... it does have that um it does have that functionality as well so like mm-hmm. if you don't want to go and play through the game you can just choose like okay today i want to do my arms and my core or something so give me that set of um exercises so it does have like the stripped down this is just an exercise helper thing as well, but um, it also has, like you were saying, the actual the adventure game. So, mm-hmm. um, and when you're doing it, you do kind of completely forget that you're exercising. And I mean, I say that being the one who wasn't wearing the leg straps. So, <laughs> well, see here. Here's the thing. I, I want to say so. There's the as for those familiar with it, you have the leg strap, which goes around uh, sort of midpoint of your upper thigh on your left leg, and then you've got uh upper thigh what was that about um upper party leg <laughs> you know, everyone else caught it they were gonna write it in discord and i, I saved you all the, the the typing um and then you've got the ring con which is the weird flexy bit uh mm-hmm. and it's tracked by they're both tracked by a joy con and i i think the first thing we got to say is like yes you feel it uh especially in your legs especially when the arms continuously choose squats uh <laughs> thanks for that matt and... Yeah, so basically the way that we were playing is so that, because, you, know, you know, obviously Ryan has young kids and, mm-hmm. and attention spans aren't necessarily the longest and naps aren't the longest. So we decided to, you know, let as many people play at once as possible, which meant one person was the legs and one person was the hands, except for that meant that when it came to choosing your attack, which now that I've played a lot of Pokemon, definitely it's, it's just very kind of pokemon-esque in the combat when you run into bad guys so you run into bad guys and then you have to like choose a move that you're gonna do that's going to do damage to them Mm. and you have to damage them a certain number of times in order to to move on through the game and so the arms or my husband matt would keep choosing things like let's do squats now let's do chair pose (laughs) which didn't involve him doing much at all and no. was really taking it out on the legs who was Ryan. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I, I mean, we even I was cheesing it a bit um, because we were just trying to like experience the game and have fun. But even uh, just, you know, sort of, for lack of a better term, half-assing it, we were, uh, I was still feeling it and I felt it days after. And again, I only played oh, yeah. that one time and we played for maybe an hour or a bit. But this game, just like we fit, is only as good as as serious you are about mm-hmm. the exercises you're choosing. So when they say um, you're going to attack this monster and you choose the squat exercise, so you'll you're running on rails, you come across a monster, it kind of triggers a a thing similar to Pokemon and goes into a random battle with an enemy, and then you choose your fight, your exercise, and that can do damage. But it's not just choose the exercise, do a squat, and suddenly you've done a hundred damage. It's do four squats then followed up by three faster squats to do you know continuous damage and again like you could do what we were doing where we'd choose the chair pose and i'd just sit on the couch and matt would move his (laughs) arms up and down uh or you could actually do the move and experience um the actual exercise but again like 
you brought it all this way. We wanted to play a little bit longer. I'm making excuses. Yeah, it, because we I didn't weren't want there. Exercise. I was gonna say, yeah, we weren't necessarily trying to be fit. We no. were just, you know, trying out the controls to see how it all worked. And mm-hmm. it does let you do a configuration thing right off the get go. Oh god! And yeah. this was the thing. So my husband, I love him, but he is the biggest tryhard of all tryhards. And so, of course, when it says, "Okay, here's the the calibration section," you need to squeeze the ring. He squeezed it as hard as he physically could so that the two sides of the ring were touching. And then you had to stretch it and take the sides as far apart as they could go. And then so he had it so almost the top and the bottom of the ring were touching each other. And I was like, you son of a bitch. Like, this is actually really difficult already because I don't have a lot of upper body strength. But the like the ring itself is a lot sturdier and has a lot more resistance than originally I thought it was going to like it looked like just a little cheapy plastic thing right Mm -hmm. but it actually has a lot of of resistance to it so then it was configured for my freaking try hard of a husband so then I tried to do the exercises and like push in and pull out and stuff and it was like not even registering that I was moving the ring and I was like Man, <laughs> and, and that's Matt, why do you always have to be the best at everything? Why? <laughs> well, he was he was goofing around. And again, he was. Uh, yeah. He, he also said you were what, an 89 year old, 400 pound man. Yeah. And <laughs> or and woman, so- woman, too. I don't even think it was a man. I don't know. It was I, yeah. he basically took uh, the highest of all the settings that it would allow him to enter. He originally tried saying <laughs> he was a 700-pound man, and, Wouldn't and let him. it was like, no, that's that's not real. <laughs> and, and what that did with the age and weight is it basically reminded us every 15 minutes, basically in between every level, like, hey, you know, if you want to take a break, you're a 90-year-old. You might want to go outside and or say <laughs> goodbye to your, your loved ones. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's dark uh but uh oh my god but it did like that was kind of interesting and one thing i did really like about the adventure portion of this actual game is that after every like big boss fight at the end it was like okay you spent this much time you burnt this many calories again based on your age sex and weight um and then it would say you know you had the option to put your thumb on the little um like IR sensor on the Mm. controller and then it would take your pulse. So then it would tell you your pulse and then be like, your pulse is this. If you want a better or like a a more serious workout, you know, you should try upping the difficulty basically because your, your heart rate is only, you know, 80 and it should be 120 for exercise purposes or whatever. So it tells you basically how hard you're trying and how successful you're being in your exercises. So it like, it gives you quite a lot of feedback, um, including the fact that apparently I'm not a very healthy person because my heart rate was like all over the place. Like Matt and Ryan are like up, down, up, (laughs) down, up, down. And mine looked like it was like, squiggles woo we're going all over the place here like party or something (laughs) yeah, it was crazy. My like, yeah, my heart was, uh, it didn't read my heart rate very well. So, yeah, but I mean, it, it did fine for the guys. So I think uh, it's it's a really interesting piece of kit and I managed to find it. And I mean, maybe you guys can can take a look, too, because I know we're coming up on uh, Black Friday in the U.S. But if you guys are interested in this at all, I would I got it for 20 bucks off. So mm-hmm. it has already been on sale. So if you're if you're interested in it, then, uh, yeah, do 
try to check it out because I I am pleasantly surprised with uh, how robust this system actually is and how sensitive it is when it comes to actually doing the workouts and stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad you brought it because I'm glad I got a chance to try it. I was also skeptical and thinking like, man, do I really want another? Well, it looks kind of dumb, right? Like Nintendo does. makes all of these crazy gimmicks in this weird hardware and it's like, you just see it and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to look like such a dork. But then you actually try it and you're like, oh man, I look like a dork, but it works. Why? <laughs> and that's the thing. You do look like a dork. I certainly felt like a dork. And there were moments where I was, we, I was half-assing it on purpose to be like, you know, if, if I, so here's the thing. When I exercise, I like to exercise in private, right? Like I'll go for yeah. a run on a <laughs> alone, treadmill. and yeah, not exactly. in a fishbowl, right? And and again, <laughs> we were amongst friends, so obviously we were just having fun and poking fun at uh, Jocelyn's irregular heart rate. But you know, <laughs> at the end of the, which is a serious condition, folks. I'm kidding. Um, uh, anyway, I think my heart is fine. No, no, I think I... <laughs> I just couldn't read it in my thumb. That's I know. all. <laughs> I, know. I know you should. It'll be fine. Um. But I think I look at the game and now we've, yes, it works. I, I do dig the Nintendo trapping around the game. Uh, this, you're right. The story is, the story is nothing, but it's, um, it's serviceable for, for what you're trying to do. But I feel like this, you know, ring fit adventure would fit really well. Cause I'm trying to, I try to go for a run every other day on the treadmill as I try to catch up on, you know, walking dead and stuff. So I think Ring Ring Fit Adventure would make a good in-between thing because that's where I'm struggling right now is like, I've done my run. Now I'm just going to sit here for a day and a half and not do any form of exercise because I just did the not fun part. And I feel like Ring Fit Adventure would be a good thing to fit in between to go in because we played i we if you did this seriously for a half hour like input your actual age weight and sex and 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 had a great time uh i feel like you would you could do 30 minutes and that would be enough right um yeah yeah. definitely i mean they the exercises that they make you do and the stuff that they make you do in between so you you move your legs and then how fast you're moving your legs so you basically like run or walk on the spot or you it has what's called a silent mode which yeah. basically makes it so you don't have to pick up your feet you just kind of like squat down as if you're like basically it's like running except for without actually lifting you're, your feet you're off you're pretending the floor. you're riding a horse basically yeah, yeah. kind of yeah was, kind uh, of that's it was a really good, embarrassing good way. yeah honestly <laughs> so you can do that and that dictates the speed of your character. But then you're working your arms at the same time because there's like coins off to the side that you have to try to like stretch the ring so that you can suck them in or you can push in on the ring to try to blast things out of your way or to jump you point the ring down and then push, mm-hmm. which it sounds very simple, but just the action of like turning your wrist so that you're holding the ring pointing down and then also pushing in it just it works different muscles than holding it straight up and and doing the push and pull motion so mm-hmm. it it does actually in like the interim between the the enemy fights still has you doing things which i think was actually really good and fun because again i forgot that i was exercising but you're right like so i i took a turn doing the arms and i was like oh man i mean outside of the fact that matt calibrated it too intensely yeah. and so i couldn't really get it to register all the time 
uh, still, it was it was a good exercise. It, it really did a lot for all the different parts of my arms. And I was like, man, as gimmicky as this feels, it's actually really well thought out. So I think you're right, Ryan. You could do like 30 minutes of this in an evening. And I feel like this is kind of um, if you're doing a run early in the day, like that's your cardio, like this is a really good like resistance and strength training exercise, I think. So mm -hmm. it's it's not quite it's not a full on cardio. You could probably make it full on cardio if you, you know, ran fast enough. But um, it's I think it's more for like resistance and that kind of training as opposed to like a cardio or like, right. I mean, obviously you're not lifting weights. It's all body weight training, but still mm -hmm. there's, there's some real, there's some real good here, especially if you're someone like me that absolutely hates the gym and hates everything to do with like exercise for the sake of exercise. This kind of gives me a thing to do where I can trick myself <laughs> into like, no, I'm not exercising. I'm playing a game. <laughs> it's different yeah. Um, because I hate, like I can't run on a treadmill. I just can't do it. It's so freaking boring. Um, but Plus, I do I need to TV. do something different. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I'm watching The Walking Dead. So depending on the season, eh, you know, uh, that's actually probably very motivating, right? Like I'm thinking like, zombie land <laughs> rule one cardio. Yes. Like, true. Okay. If the zombies are coming, I'll be ready because I, I certainly would be one of the first to die in a zombie apocalypse right now. I mean, I walk the dog, the 3K <laughs> loop that we do and I'm like dead. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, if that shows to be believed, it's not the zombies you got to worry about. It's everyone turning into an asshole. So that's uh, true. That's true. Hopefully, that's not the case, uh, and <laughs> you know, humanity will be will be okay. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, one one other thing we should mention about Ring Fit Adventure, probably the most important thing, is uh, the sweat tech in this game. Oh uh, god, <laughs> I, I had totally forgotten about that, but it's so right. <laughs> it's uh, so after after you sort of finish a level, not only is your character just have like it looks like it's rained, like if it's actively raining and it's a video game effect of of water sort of being on going down a window, yeah, like uh, going it, down a window. It's it so looks weird. like it's on a, a really slick and really hard surface. That's mm -hmm. the thing that got to me is like it looks like the rain, like if you're driving in the rain, the drops like moving along your windshield and stuff. It didn't look like a natural phenomenon no, necessarily it, it, it like didn't. sweat coming out of a body would i don't know it was really weird and made worse by the fact what did the ring say the ring made a really inappropriate comment about sweat <laughs> yes, it was something uh, along the lines of like look at your sweat it's so glistening and beautiful or yeah something. like it was like really weird we all looked at we all just burst out <laughs> laughing like what this game was like yeah it just crossed a line there ring man you need to i'm gonna get a restraining order i feel against like you, it but... must be like a, a lost in translation moment or something i feel like it was meant to be something along the lines of like look how much you're sweating you're doing great like it was supposed to be like a positive reinforcement <laughs> i don't it know just, I... it came off so creepy <laughs> these games go through rigorous uh localization he, like in the states right like especially with nintendo they got a whole shop in seattle that does this i'm pretty sure they thought that was funny and uh <laughs> everyone... could also be like it's the kind of thing that comes out of google translate and you're like oh that's not exactly what i meant but it's hilarious it, so it that's what funny. i'm going with <laughs> and i mean i didn't take it seriously so again it wasn't like it, it was just weird it was weird and hilarious and if if that's their one 
And then the rest of the game is like, you know, steeped in its normal weirdness and not just this weird weirdness. I, I could give it to it. But if it keeps going down that road, I'm like, okay, I'm muting the ring. <laughs> By the end, it's not an adventure game anymore. It's a romance between you and the ring. <laughs> I mean, the ring definitely has some weirdness to him. And and for those wondering, the ring... So in-game, the ring con is represented by this weird glowing ring that can talk to you. Uh, and he's the only only voiced sort of character. Everybody else is either silent or grunts. So it's a really odd choice. But he's a little weird, a little eccentric. And uh, yeah, he uh, says some things that are questionable. And then there's that working <laughs> out dragon, the... What is it? Yeah, for? he's the bad guy. I can't remember what his name is, but oh, yeah, it's, dra- it's, it's not dra- Drago. It's Drago or something. Remember? Drago, yeah, something like that. Yeah, A-U-X not Drogon. Drago, of... yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, but overall, I I do recommend it if you guys can find it for some sort of um, if you're interested in it, I should say, because it is it's obviously a fitness thing. Yeah. If you're interested in it, then uh, yeah, do check out Black Friday sales because you'll probably get lucky and. I think it's actually, I mean, I think it's normally like 90 bucks Canadian and it comes with both the game and well, I mean, if you want to call it a game, it comes with the, with the exercise program as well as the, the uh, straps that you need to put the Joy-Con on your leg and obviously also the ring. So like it comes with all the hardware and the game as well. And I think it's 90 bucks. So, um, I think it's worth it. And like I said, I managed to get it for 20 bucks off a couple weeks ago. So keep your eyes open. Definitely worth it. I think full price if this is the kind of thing that you're looking for. Um, I've definitely had a crazy Nintendo week. Like everything that I have played is Nintendo. So um, I don't know if uh, should we keep going down the Nintendo train or yeah. do you have some? Okay. So uh, last week I talked about starting Luigi's Mansion. I finished Luigi's Mansion <laughs> in the last week. Um, I went so hard on this game. It was so charming. I absolutely loved it. And I mean, I enjoyed the original Luigi's Mansion game. I never played two, um, but I played the first Luigi's Mansion game, although I don't know if I ever finished it. And so this iteration has 15 floors plus two basement levels. So 17 levels of content each level having a different like theme to it. Mm-hmm. And that's not too much of a spoiler because I mean, you're taken into the elevator right at the start of the game and it shows you all of the the floors in the, in the hotels. So, um, but yeah, each one has a different theme and I thought they were all really well done. And the puzzles were actually quite puzzly in places as opposed to just like kind of lock and key. Like you've now learned this new ability. Oh, look, Here's all the like the next floor all uses that thing in order to to open up the secrets. Um, it was very much like probably I would say f- six or seven floors in, I had gained all of my abilities. And once I had all of my abilities, then it was just a matter of like, what combination of things do I have to do to move through this level and to find all the secrets? And there was a little bit of backtracking too, which was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And overall, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get all the collectibles and then it gave me a grade at the end. So it gave me a B. I only died like two times in the whole entire game. Once off the very start, because I couldn't figure out how to actually like do combat with ghosts. <laughs> so uh, I died right off the very start. But then I think I died in one boss fight right near the end. And uh, so... I was like, why did I get this B? And then I was like, oh, man, 
what basically what happens is each floor in the hotel has six different colored gems and the shape of the gem is based on whatever the theme of the floor is. So like there's like a, a dance club floor. So then the gems are shaped like music notes. There's a pirate floor. So the gems are, are shaped like skulls. Like it's stuff like that. So you go through and you have to find those six gems. Plus you have to beat the boss on the floor. But once you've beaten like the story section, then you can go back to any floor you've previously visited and the booze have taken over. So then you have to capture, you have to find and then capture one boo on each floor and they all have different names and they go in like a collection and everything else in, in the lab. So there's quite a lot of collectibles in the game, which was also pretty cool. But I only bothered to go back and do like maybe half the floors to go and capture the booze again. I got most of the gems. Uh, so apparently, yeah, because I didn't go back and get all the collectibles. The game gave me a B and I was like, yeah, if I knew that this was the end of the game and that you were going to give me a grade, I would have gone back and I would have like 100%ed it before I did the final boss. But yeah. did you have the like last flashbacks two boss to like getting graded? I, I feel like it, when I get graded in a video game, it's just like, oh, gosh, no. Don't, yeah, hopefully I don't have to take this home to get my parents to sign it. Oh, man, there is something about like a letter grade. And I don't even know if the scale was because I got a B. So I'm like, I don't even know if this is like a an A plus A, A minus B plus B sort of a scale or if it's just ABC or if it's like S ABC or one A or what like I don't I have no context for my grade. All I know is that B is never the best. <laughs> so, <laughs> Although it stands for best. I, I know, but I just yeah. So I I really wish that I had kind of done everything before I finished the game because now my time is just, oh my God, I'm sinking so much time into Pokemon Shield. So mm -hmm. I find, even though it's the same system, I'm like, if I'm sitting down on the couch and I'm, I'm playing my Nintendo, what I'm playing right now is Pokemon. So I don't want to just like swap over and go back and try to get collectibles in Luigi's Mansion. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I probably will go back eventually because like I say, it was a fun game. It was a fun experience. The last two bosses I thought were really fun, really challenging, and also a really good use of the fact that you have like two players potentially because you can play co-op. I played by myself, which meant that I had to control um, both characters myself. So you get a button to kind of switch between yourself and Gooigi. Mm -hmm. And so I had to do both of those myself, which is probably why it was so challenging. They do say that you can have somebody else control Gooigi and then it becomes a little easier to um, explore the mansion. But uh, yeah, the, the second last boss fight was basically all about controlling two characters at one time. And it was so cool. It's one of the coolest boss fights that I think I've ever done in a Nintendo game. It was so interesting and challenging and almost a puzzle in a boss fight at the same time. Like it was it was really, really cool. Hmm. Um, overall, I mean, I don't I never quite got used to the controls, but I did figure something out that I didn't know before was that the reason I found the controls so difficult when I was trying to aim things was because you can use your joy, or like your joy, joysticks mm -hmm. um, to do your aiming, 
but it also uses motion control even on the pro controller. So if I moved the controller, I was like fighting against myself because I would just move the controller as part of like my natural like hand movements and gaming while I was trying to aim. And then it would like go up when I wanted it to go down or whatever. And it's because it was reading the motion control in the controller and I didn't realize that. Oh my God, it was so frustrating until I figured that out. Can you turn Once it off? I figured it out. Um, I couldn't find a place to turn it off, but um, once I figured it out, I basically stopped trying to go up and down with the um, with the right stick and then just use the motion controls. And it was actually a lot easier. It was quite, um, quite sensitive in, in a good way, I think. So it was something I was able to just naturally transition into once I realized what it was trying to do. Okay. Um, but but it took me a long time. Like I was more than halfway through the game before I finally realized. And basically, what happened was I stood up to get a drink, and like the character like view moved, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, this whole time I've been trying to do stuff. It's been trying to motion control over top of what I'm doing. It's now this makes more sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I'm still. I still never kind of wrap my head around and I did it many times the wrong way. The fact that it's like when you want to go somewhere or look somewhere or whatever, it's not like your left and right or screen left and right. It's always Luigi's left and right. So when he's facing the screen, it's like opposite. And so when he's like facing either side of the screen, sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around which way you actually want to do something. And I never quite got over that. But the game was fun in spite of all of that. Okay. Yeah, the the, the crazy thing, I think I said this last week and maybe the week before, uh, Luigi's Mansion is one of my favorite franchises just due to the fact that it came out on GameCube and it was so quirky and was so railed against for not being a Mario entry. Uh, and then it disappeared for a very long time. It was a cult favorite. Then the second one came out, and it was fantastic. Same developer as uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 Next Level Games. Um, and, yeah, I, I almost feel like I have to defend myself for not playing it because, I've, <laughs> weirdly enough, I've taken a stand on this specific beloved game that I'm going to finish these other two games I bought purchase not necessarily like the game pass ones i'm still kind of playing outer worlds and a couple other ones on game pass but until i finish the other two games like pokemon and, and fallen order I, I maybe not pokemon that's a stretch but uh fallen order for sure i i am going to pick up luigi's mansion 3 eventually before you know we have our game of the year talk because i think it's certainly worth uh and you know enjoying and discussing this year but man i just you've been talking highly about it uh crofton uh my co-host on dungeon diapers is playing it and he's playing uh with his five-year-old daughter so he has her controlling guiji and mm. um a story that i'll share here that he that he told on the show was uh he he shares uh controls with with his daughter gwen and and she's guiji and whenever a ghost appears and she gets a she gets you know, afraid or a, a little, a little afraid, not like super scary, but just like, oh, there's a ghost. I don't want to fight him. Uh, she'll push the button to kind of go back into Luigi's backpack and then right. you know, Crofton will kind of clean house. Right. So it's a, it's a really neat implementation. And I really love the way Nintendo's sort of looked at co-op as, um, uh, I'm glad they're getting it's more like, advanced, it's but fluid. It, it's and, fluid. And a, yeah. that's not a goo joke. It's a little bit <laughs> like of a goo it, but... joke. 
<laughs> a little bit, but it's like it kind of um, is an extension of the uh, put them in a bubble idea from uh, New Super Mario Brothers, right? Mm. So it's the idea that like you play as long as you can play, and then once it gets beyond your skill set, then you have the option to kind of opt out while someone else does the hard thing, but then you can still come back again, and so. No one is punished. It's not like you have a co-op game and a single player game and like, oh, well, you know, we're stuck at this really hard part in the co-op game, but I can't, you know, like I need two people to get past this point. But the person I'm playing with doesn't have the skills like a small child. Mm -hmm. But this way, it's like, okay, this is a hard part or a scary part or whatever. And they can just opt out and watch, but then they can jump right back in again. And it's not just like they're constantly watching you like you're playing a single player game. It's like they have that in and out functionality that makes it so much more fun than just, you know, sitting there and watching dad do something. Hmm. It's like, no, I'm doing it with dad, which is something that I noticed with like um, with Caden when we were playing Pokemon at your place is like they're so much more engaged because they're actually like pulled into it and it's not just you know like oh this is dad's thing that i am here for it's like no this is our thing that we're doing together mm -hmm. yeah no i'm i i love that nintendo sort of evolved their approach to i think it started with mario galaxy where you could kind of have like a second wiimote sort of targeting the screen and that was oh, more like a, right i'd forgotten about that it wasn't like co-op they called it like co-star which was uh you know just like a like a i don't know like a side seat type experience as opposed to a true like co-op experience and mm -hmm. i feel like this implementation luigi's mansion 3 is kind of the full evolution of that where it it is straight up it, well at least it sounds like straight up co-op but it, it gives the other player the ability to literally you know shrink away uh at the click of a button that does not uh harm the soul the solo player right so you can still have right. that main player and then the secondary player is sort of optional but doesn't it doesn't well, yeah because impact. the single the single player person like one person can play all the way through luigi's mansion but literally at any time i could have handed matt a joy con and said okay here you're gonna be Luigi now go and there's some parts of the mansion that only Luigi can get to because he can walk through water. There's some parts of the mansion that only Gooigi can get through because he can't walk through water. He'll dissolve. But he can do things like walk through um, like prison bars or fall through like grates in the floor and, and stuff like that and get to locations that Luigi can't get to. So it's like regardless of which character you're playing, there are parts of the game meant only for you. And so you can play that as a single player or you can actually feel like you're contributing to the game by playing it in, in a co-op setting. So I think it's absolutely great. Like if you do have younger kids and you're looking for a way to get them into stuff, Nintendo's doing really, really great things with inclusive co-op that let you kind of um, pass the buck if you if you can't handle what's going on, which is really important, I think, when you've got young kids, even if it's something like, okay, dad, I'm bored now. I want to go do whatever. Then, you know, you get to keep playing. And and again, you don't have to have like two separate saves going or anything like that. So I think it's, it's really, really great. It's a fun game. It's like the design of the ghosts, especially the boss ghosts on, um, on each different floor were so cool. They were all different. 
and they had some really cool, like I say, combinations of actual just straight up combat, but also puzzle solving. And uh, yeah, it was a really, really, really good game. Um, I'm actually kind of sad that it came out around the same time as the next thing I've been playing a crap ton of, which is Pokemon Shield, because I feel like I could have spent a lot more time in Luigi's Mansion, like going back for the collectibles and everything else. But I've moved on <laughs> to something both of us are playing, although I think I've far outstripped you now because I've yeah. beaten five gyms. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wait, when we talked earlier today, you had only beaten three. Yeah. So you've yeah. been playing. And <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about that. I think I have about 12 hours in the game now. It's not bad. Um, but I basically, so Pokemon, I should, I need to preface all of this with, I am not a Pokemon player. Probably the only reason that I've gotten super into Shield. I've definitely never gotten past in any Pokemon game I've ever played before. I've never gotten past like the first three gyms, which are always grass, water, fire, like your starter elements. I've never gotten past them because I just haven't really committed to the game. I end up losing interest. There's so many Pokemon. It's kind of overwhelming. So I I just have it's never sucked me in past mm -hmm. that. But I think this time, because I've been playing Pokemon Go, I'm actually recognizing a lot of the Pokemon that I'm seeing in the game outside of like, you know, the OG like Pikachus and, and Charmanders and, and Bulbasaurs and obviously Squirtle, who is the yeah. best, by the Squirtle's way. the best. Yeah, he's a firefighter. <laughs> yes, exactly. But um, so I haven't actually ever gotten past those first three gyms, like sometimes I beat the first one, but then fall off or whatever. But anyways, I have now made it past the first three gyms. Like I said, I've defeated the first five. And the one thing that I will say is that I'm finding this to be a little bit easy mm -hmm. because of the existence of the outdoor, like free free play, open air quotes, it's world wild zone, the field, wild, the wild. Yeah. The wilds, exactly. Now, the wilds are really, really cool because each part of the wilds, it has like a different like aesthetic. There's different weather. So there's different kinds of Pokemon and the Pokemon available in the wilds kind of level up as you defeat gyms. So you can't just go into the wilds and then end up with like one Pokemon right off the bat that is going to just destroy all the gyms. However, between the wilds and the Dynamax Pokemon. So the Dynamax Pokemon are like giant Pokemon that live in dens and they give off like a big light that goes all the way up to the sky when they're active. It's like the raid battles, except I haven't actually tried one with other people. I've just been using NPCs and it always works fine. Mm -hmm. But it tells you the type when you're going into the battle. So as long as you pick one of your Pokemon that is like the opposite type, I pretty much one-shot every single raid battle I go into just because types are so strong in this game that it's like if I have like a water Pokemon and I'm going up against a fire Pokemon, it's just like I choose my water ability and it just dies. So then after you finish those raids, it's the best way. They they literally drop 
experience that you can apply to any Pokemon. So by the time I got to my first gym, I think my starter Pokemon, I choose I chose the bunny because he was adorable. Normally I choose the the water type, but this time I was like, you know what? I think the bunny's the cutest. I'm gonna go with the fire type. I was so, so tempted to go with the bunny, but uh Caden wanted the water type and then Abby wanted the the one in the tree, which was the, the monkey, monkey one. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, sorry, Abby. Uh, I'm gonna if I, I I gotta choose my my fa- my favorite here, and I'm gonna go with the water type. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, if anyone's listening to this, I'm totally joking. They're both my favorite, and that's uh, that's all I'll say. Uh, but no, I think uh, Score Bunny was definitely the cutest because when he walks around, he leaves like little little fire prints a little mm-hmm. bit, and uh, you know he seemed he seemed to be the coolest. Now, mind you, um, I did a thing where, and I know. He, I don't know if it's spoiler, but I looked at the evolutions just to kind of see. I've now um, fully evolved my my starter Pokemon. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I was like, I wanted to see what they look like. And none of them really shouted uh, sort of cool evolute. Like, I don't know. I guess I just prefer the cute and cuddly Pokemon. But um, how do you feel? I, about I like the... all of I like all of their starter forms too. Yeah. pretty much across the board. I don't think except for maybe like Ninetales. I just evolved my Vulpix too. And I feel like Ninetales might be slightly cooler. But Vulpix is super cute. So, ah, man. And Eevee. Oh, yeah, no, I like I like little Eevee too. I mean, all of her evolutions are really neat. But I yeah, I like the little tiny cute Pokemons for sure. Um, I don't know. There isn't really any I think that I like the the evolution of more than the original starting Pokemon. But uh, anyways, yeah. So like I was saying, because of this wild zone, because of these raid battles and because of the XP that drops, I basically went all around the first because the wilds is you can basically once you get into it, you can go anywhere. There's nothing that really like stops you. Just the level of Pokemon available to you are based on how many gym badges you have. So when I was first going into the raid battles and fighting against them, I think they were like around, I want to say 15 to 20, like somewhere in that range, like 16, 17. It was kind of around that level. And so I would go into these raid battles and then my Pokemon would get a huge amount of XP Then the raid would drop XP and I could kind of go and do as many raids as I wanted. I think I did like 10. Hmm. So by the time I made it to the first gym, my Pokemon were all really, really high level. Like I almost had all my Pokemon to level 20. And then so I walked in and one shot the gym battle, like literally used one ability on the gym master dude's Pokemon, used one ability battle over. Same thing through the water, same thing through fire. And I was just like, man, like I'm only now after hitting the fifth gym and the last two gyms. So I did the first three gyms and I I spent a lot of time in between and I was like exploring the areas and I was trying to find enough Pokemon to go up against the next gym master. And then I decided after the fire gym, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to basically like beeline it for the next gyms and see what happens and only just in my most recent gym battle was I like, okay, I almost lost all my Pokemon. I almost lost the gym battle. Like, I the game has finally caught up to me, but I didn't spend any time in the zones from fire to fairy. Like, I just ran one gym to another. 
So I don't really know as, as fun and cool as the wilds are because you get to see all the different environments, all the different weather and all the different Pokemon. They're not just like, oh, don't go in the tall grass because an exclamation mark will come up. That still happens. But you also see all the Pokemon just like living in the world, which I think is what's really pulled me in this time is that it feels like a lived in Pokemon world. Like I can look up in the sky and I like see all the little poke birds flying around and it's like everything has its space like i just ran by a like a pond and there was like a gyarados just swimming in the pond and mm -hmm. it's like if i had the ability to walk on water i could go and fight him right now but i i haven't unlocked that yet what? so it's you just... get to <laughs> i was gonna make probably Maybe... <laughs> sorry <laughs> probably not an inappropriate joke but a funny oh. one uh so you get to you you get to walk on water at some point you do, you do. Well, you don't actually walk on water. It's I surf, think you, right? You get to like, like hop yeah, on Lapidos you, or whatever. Yeah, something like that. And so I haven't actually unlocked that ability yet. But the fact is that like I'm walking around the world and I'm looking around and Pokemon are just living in it mm -hmm. and you can actually see them. And if you choose to, you can just walk up, like run into them and it starts a battle. So that conversely fixes the issue that i always had with pokemon games it's just like i'm trying to get from point a to point b but doing that walking is gonna take me like 20 minutes because every single time i walk through tall grass i get into a pokemon battle i don't want to be in this game has so many ways to get around that because you can actually get around tall grass or just skirt the very edge of it, and you probably won't get into a battle. You can sneak through it as well. You can sneak through it as well, yeah. So you can you can just kind of walk a little bit slower, and then the Pokemon that you can see won't pay any attention to you. That doesn't mean you won't trigger a random battle. Right. But if you trigger a random battle, it does have the exclamation mark that pops up in the grass. And if you walk away from it, it won't start the combat. So it kind of gives you like a warning, like... Oh no, you've come across a, a random Pokemon because all the other ones you know exactly what you're going to battle because you can see them in the world. So you've it's like, oh no, you've come across a random Pokemon. Do you actually want to start this fight? Yes or no? And basically like that yes or no is you can either walk into the exclamation mark or walk away from it. Hmm. And then it'll either start combat or not. So there's a lot of ways to avoid combat when you're walking out in the larger world. But not only that, they also have fast travel in this game, which is something I don't remember them ever having. And you unlock it almost immediately once you get to the first city. And it just basically says like any area that you've been to before, you can just click it on the map and then you like fly on. I can't remember which Pokemon they say, but basically it's like Flight Masters in Warcraft. Oh, <laughs> essentially. I was going to so say you could just go anywhere and you don't have to worry at all about, you know, the, the travel time in between. So, yeah. In, in previous Pokemon, you had to like teach one of your flying Pokemon fly and that allowed you to fly to specific points. That was the fast travel. So they always had fast travel, but it was kind of like always further on. Uh, the fact that you get it in the first city uh, is is quite interesting. Um, I'm guessing that's the city right after the first wild area because that's yeah. kind of where I stopped just before entering that city there. Yes. Yeah. So that's when you get it. And then, like I say, it's you still have to go to a place like you can't skip anything. So you still have to go there and then it gives you the ability to like go back to the right. last city you were in sort of thing. Um, but it's still it's still way better. 
It's basically like very much like Warcraft. Like you have to get there, learn the flight point, and then you can and then you can go anywhere that you've been already. So it's um yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It's really sucked me in. But like I say, as as fun and cool as the wild area was, I almost wish that it didn't exist or it was more controlled in some way because once you get into the wild area, that wild area is actually like connected all the way around the map. Oh. Um, it's not like there's sections of wilds. It's just, it's like a free play sandbox area. So you can access it from a whole bunch of different places or, you know, you, so I, I thought that it was going to be like shut down to me in some way, but I just kept walking. And then finally I was like, I should probably get back to the story now. <laughs> oh, so you were, so it's uh it is literally the wild area and it's like this yeah. huge area. Right. It's like one big interconnected oh, area that just that. kind of sprawls across the whole map. So the wild area you can just kind of explore. And then there's the main story is much more like a traditional Pokemon. Like I'm walking down the road and, and if I cross another trainer's path, then they'll challenge me. And that that's the only unavoidable combat that I found so far. Although mm. most of the trainers, not not most, I will say some of the trainers are avoidable because, you know, they're guarding a secret path or you know, you can choose to either fight a trainer or walk through a long grass area. Like it does give you some choice, but for the most part, those trainers are are like unavoidable combat. Hmm. No, I, I, I've played like, I think the biggest comment I can back up from my playthrough is just the lived in world. That's something that I think Game Freak and Nintendo have really tried to push uh, it, as, as the series has continued, but they've always struggled with it. And I don't know if it's, and, you know, we haven't talked a lot about and we probably won't talk about the weirdness behind this one and, you know, Pokemon fans and a very vocal minority uh, that are kind of like yelling about this game. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, maybe we I don't necessarily want to address it because, I mean, essentially, like I said, I'm approaching this review as this is the first Pokemon game that's really drawn me in. And sure. this is the furthest I've ever gotten. And as soon as we kind of hang up from this podcast recording, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to go play more Pokemon, which no other Pokemon game has drawn me in like that. So I'm not a gigantic Pokemon fan, but I mean, there's a lot of adorable little animals. I have a book where I have to try to get them all. I recognize some of them but some of them are new to me and i have an adorable little corgi looking thing that wiggles his butt and sparkles come out and mm -hmm. that's one of his signature moves and that makes me very happy so get over yourselves internet yeah. it's fun well, uh, the, <laughs> it's fun <laughs> it is fun and what i was kind of getting at was basically i don't know if it's you know, Game Freak holding back or just focusing on different things and being like, that's not important to us. But this one really feels like they they doubled down. They're like, okay, let's make this world look lived in. And I've played, you know, Ultra Moon and Ultra Sun and X and Y and, and sort of hit and miss previous generations. But this one really feels like they've they've populated the world. Even that first area, that first town, if you haven't played Pokemon in years or generations and you come into this one, you're going to notice it immediately in that first area where there are it's not just people you're talking to. 
it's Pokemon, it's uh, or you're seeing Pokemon, and it's not just like Pokemon that that exist sort of randomly. It's sheep in a farm area, you know. Yeah, uh, that's kind or of the Pokemon first one. with jobs. Like you'll see, sure. like there's you know like different Pokemon manning different like food stations, something. That's the other thing that I think, and I mean, of all the stuff I think is new, there could it could actually be old stuff I just didn't know was in the game because again, I think the last one I played was X and Y, um, but the um the camping aspect is actually really cool so you can at any time uh i think when you're out on the road or when you are so like basically not in the city but if you're out on the road or you're out in the wilds you can set up a pokemon camp and then it basically gives you like this like first person view down on the ground with your six pokemon and you can like throw a ball for them and they'll fetch it and bring it back to you. You can um, like dangle like basically what's a cat toy sort of thing. And then they'll they'll like fight. And when you're when you're playing with them with these toys, they're gaining experience. You can also cook for them so you can find berries around the wilds or you can buy them when you're in town hmm. uh, as well as a whole bunch of other like cooking ingredients. And it's very like. I would say it's like Zelda esque because like you can basically combine different things and depending on what berries and what other ingredients you put into your like cooking pot, you then have to like fan the flames, which is basically like either a motion control, like up down thing or um, like push the a button, your choice. So you fan the flames, you get the fire going and then you have to like stir the pot. So you, again, like you either motion control it or you use your, um, your joystick and you just make it go in a circle and you can't stir like too slowly cause it'll burn or too fast cause it'll spill and then so you have to like find the sweet spot. So it's like this little cooking mini game. And then that will like restore the health and action points of your Pokemon, give them experience and make them like you more. And so the more they like you, the more they, you know, the better your relationship is, the better, more experience they gain, blah, 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 whatever. Like it has real game impacts. So you can basically do this camping thing and at any point in time to essentially like heal your pokemon without having to take them to a poke center or having potions so it's a really cool little quality of life thing mm -hmm. no I, I i didn't get a chance to try out the camping stuff but um i did realize you could change the color of your tent so that was interesting <laughs> well uh, yeah i mean that's the most important part yeah, right of course <laughs> uh I'm, I'm still you know scratching the surface on it and i feel like it sounds like just like luigi's mansion will probably uh, talk a bit more about it next week because I I am planning to jump back into it. Uh, I played played a little bit there, and I think I got I think I've like I said I just kind of was at the steps of the first city, so I think I'm just just dipping my toes into what is probably going to be a larger world, and I'm I'm really digging the larger world for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been a whole lot of fun, and the one thing is, so I ended up with Shield instead of sword and i did mm -hmm. want sword for the legendary pokemon and it seems like i might actually unlock the legendary pokemon for the first time ever in any of my pokemon attempts i might actually get to the end we'll see but um i have not yet found my unicorn ryan i'm no? so sad mm -hmm. it's literally the only reason the only time i've seen it is because one of the other trainers who's a real big jerk and keeps like stopping me on the road and being like you'll never have what it takes. Let's battle again. Even though I've beaten him like 18 times. I'm like, dude, yeah. get a clue. He's I kick your butt every time. Exactly. And so these last two times I faced him, he had one and I'm like, I hate you even more now. 
<laughs> but you can't catch another trainer's Pokemon. It's not fair. <laughs> no, there was there was one He's Pokemon game me. that you could do that, and I think it was it was like a, a spin-off GameCube one, and it, that was the mechanic that you would steal Pokemon from other trainers it was like he's a yeah he's a jerk he doesn't deserve to have a beautiful blue and purple is unicorn. this your rival that you meet at the start of the game does he turn into a jerk no 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 okay, no no it's else. not him no okay. this is someone else this I was is gonna someone say, who's he's, uh, he seemed pretty friendly <laughs> this is someone who's been training his whole life oh and he's so mad because you got the champion's endorsement okay yeah who the, did he get endorsed guy. by then or is he just... uh, the chairman the chairman yeah wow so, how boring yeah i know that guy's lame yeah he's basic he should yeah <laughs> he's basic and delusional yep <laughs> so yeah i uh yeah i'm once i find my unicorn i'll be super duper happy and that one will never leave my my set of six but as nice. of right now i have yet to find her and i'm sad but well, i'm sure she's in there somewhere yeah i haven't found my far-fetched to uh, uh evolve him to uh surf farfetch or whatever the hell the guy's name is i don't know but he looks cool and farfetch hasn't haven't had an evolution since like then well he has never had an evolution and he's like an og pokemon so there you go yeah one thing i did realize that uh, matt actually had to look up for me because i was like i have been pouring levels into this vulpix she was like level 35 and i'm like oh, i can't no. make her I can't make her evolve. I don't understand. She was my first Pokemon out. She was constantly fighting. I'm like, don't understand why she won't evolve. Um, listeners out there, if this is your first Pokemon game, you need to have specific stones to make some Pokemon evolve. And she's one of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, it's, I mean, I don't know if they really explain that in Pokemon games. Like sometimes they do, but... Uh, I'm sure they probably the did in like the very first one. Yeah. Right. So I actually I happened to get a, a leaf stone at some point and it was like, OK, well, yeah, you can give this to your Pokemon to help them evolve or something. And I was like, oh, cool. So I was like, perfect, because I need um, like grass type in order. I'm going to the water gym next. So I have an Eevee. I'll evolve her or at least I'll give her the leaf stone and hopefully that will make her a leaf one. And yeah, it did. Leafeon. Yeah. Yeah. And Wait, it is did. that a real and, Pokemon? It is actually, oh, I yeah. Was just joking. <laughs> no, that's that's literally what she's right because <laughs> it's like it's Flareon, Jolteon, and uh, you know Vaporeon. Uh, I think Vaporeon. that's probably the, the most the unique one. one. Yeah, it's not Waterion or something. Water, yeah, Waterion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it is literally Leafion. So, okay, yeah, cool. I have one of those now. And the, the designs, like I said, the designs of the EV evolutions, I think, are really really cool. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I did I did use the Leaf Stone on Eevee. But I didn't really think too much of it because I was just like, she's an Eevee. She can go like any different elemental way. So it would make sense that I would need a stone if I wanted her to specifically evolve. But I never kind of realized that other wild Pokemon would need their corresponding element stone in order to evolve. I thought if you just level them up and give them enough fighting experience, eventually they just, you know, evolve. They yeah. don't. No, they will stay the same forever <laughs> unless you give them a stone in some cases. So make sure you're collecting stones, too, which cool. is another thing you can do out in the wild. You can run around and there's just like um, pokeballs with stuff in them or um, like sparkles on the ground, basically. And you could just walk up to them and then sometimes they're potions, sometimes they're um, like cooking ingredients and sometimes they are like stones. So oh, cool. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff 
out <laughs> out in the wilds. But out then, like wilds. I say, if you spend too much time in the wilds, then you uh, get pretty far ahead of the difficulty level of the game. So do keep that in mind. Um, but that's pretty much ever <laughs> that's everything I've been playing this week. Like I said, a very Nintendo heavy week, a very Jocelyn had a lot of game time this week week mm -hmm. because I managed to start and finish Luigi's Mansion and also get like 12 hours in on Pokemon Shield. So it's been a good gaming week. Mm -hmm. Finally, <laughs> that's good. I'm glad you got a I'm, I'm glad you got a good chunk into those games because again, I I really do want to play more Pokemon and I do want to check out Luigi's Mansion. So I'm kind of living vicariously through you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we're at the hour mark. And I mean, I've been playing a lot of Jedi Fallen Order and I feel uh, I'm going to save that for next week because I'm probably okay. still going to play it because uh, I do want to finish it and I do want to talk about it. But uh, yeah, it's a Star Wars ass star wars game with dark souls combat and uh that probably makes a lot of people say nah so um, yeah i so matt's matt has finished it and yeah. we can talk mostly about this next week but i do feel like if anyone is actually interested and in, in itching to hear our thoughts on it we can give like a tldr sure uh, matt has finished it but did say it was uh it was quite challenging and i've seen a lot of not a lot but a couple of guys in my um in my guild discord have kind of picked it up got through the first area and was just like oh man like it's just it's not appealing if that dark souls style combat isn't for you then yeah unfortunately stay away from fallen order but if that is the kind of stuff you like and you were big into dark souls or like Sekiro this year then uh, yeah probably check it out i would think yeah I is is star wars enough to to make you push through yes that that is something that I was having this conversation uh, a couple days ago. Someone said like, "Well, what if they just removed Star Wars? It'd just be a like kind of a weird Dark Souls clone." I'm like, "Yeah, it would, but why would you do that to this game? Why would you remove Star Wars? That is the the heart and soul. That'd be like saying, "Well, if I remove Star Wars from the Star Wars movie, then it's just a sci-fi film." It's like, well, "Yeah, yeah." Like, <laughs> I mean, sure. how is that an argument? I, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I get where people are coming from. I guess so. And I mean, if you look at Darksiders three and you say, "Well, if you remove the Darksiders, it's just a bad Dark Souls clone," I'm like, "Well, yeah, that's true as well." But that one, that Darksiders three felt a even more off. I feel the combat in Jedi Fallen Order is based on Dark Souls, and you feel that. And sometimes you feel it in a way where like, oh man, I did it. And other times you feel it like, oh, this is terrible and I want to quit. Um, so there are those moments. I find those moments pop up more often when you're coming across an optional sort of sub boss. Uh, it's happened to me a couple times. But again, like the Star Wars story sound and, and, and feel and characters, that's been pulling me forward. And I do want to finish it because I am enjoying the story and uh the combat has really only flew up in my face uh a couple times and it's normally with bosses sometimes mm -hmm. it can get really frustrating when there's large groups of people but you're right if you're not a fan of the dark souls combat and you're not a huge star wars fan or even yeah if you're not a if you just don't like star wars like then this probably this definitely isn't your game because again it's the star wars that keeps keeps folks that keeps it all on. together yeah, yeah for yeah, sure fair for enough sure. well we will definitely talk about that a little bit more next week but we do have some news for you guys so before we jump into that uh you guys can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in if you do like the content that we produce you can also head on over to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2019 if you'd like to support our extra life efforts i know we've got uh, i personally have a couple more streams left before the end of the year 
I've got uh, November 30th, so uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. And then I'm going to do December 14th. And uh, Ryan and I together are going to do some Christmas type events in whatever games we can find that are having seasonal events. Uh, we're going to do that. I believe that was December 20th, right? Yeah. Uh, just for the the Friday evening to kind of cap off the year. So if you guys are interested, you can uh, find all of our Twitch links, all the information, everything you need is at bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2019. That brings us to our news this week. And we are talking about the nominations for the Game Awards. So this is the uh, Game Awards live show is going to be December 12th. It's the Game of the Year stuff they do every year. And we're going to take a not not like too, too deep into the nominees, but we're, we're going to give our, our first kind of quick thoughts on uh, the nominees for the Game Awards this year, because I feel like when I went to look at them, particularly like Game of the Year, I was like, oh, man, I, I haven't actually played any of these titles. Like, where have I been this year in gaming? This is so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a weird. We were talking about this pre-show, and we were trying to figure out what the feeling was. And I think I, I think we came down to the conclusion that it wasn't a quiet year. It's just I think our tastes differed from the consensus of, uh, you know, critics. And yeah, media, and well, and fine, I feel but... like there's just there was a lot of stuff that came out this year that really didn't interest me. And before Ryan and I do our full game of the year that we always do at the end of December, I am going to make sure that I play two of the nominated game of the years from the game awards, which are control and outer worlds. I still haven't had a chance to dive into outer worlds. Hope to do that before we record next week so that I can uh, talk about that a little bit. But um, I haven't had a chance to jump into outer worlds yet. And I totally missed that control even released so this is a, a game from the guys that made Quantum Break, which I loved, loved that game. So I'm, I was really excited for it, but it's one of those Epic Game uh, Store exclusives. So I totally missed it because I don't have, I don't play Fortnite. I don't have the Epic Game Store, you know, like run on startup or anything like that. Right. So if I, if I don't actively see people talking about stuff. I, I forget that things launch there and nowhere else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I totally missed Control. So I will definitely play that before the end of the year as well. But the other stuff, like we we just talked about Star Wars very, very briefly, being similar to that Dark Souls style, um, don't get hit gameplay, which is exactly what Sekiro was. Mm -hmm. So I missed that one totally. Um, I don't like fighting games. So Super Smash Bros. Ultimate wasn't really my jam. Uh, Resident Evil 2 just looked terrifying and gory, so I stayed away from it. And Death Stranding is just freaking weird. And it hasn't necessarily reviewed all that well. Or like, I don't know, Death Stranding for me, I feel like, is a title that everyone was so stoked on when they had no idea even what the gameplay was, let alone what the story was or, or anything else. And I feel like people were just so stoked on it that they felt like they couldn't necessarily go back on that excitement because no one seemed to really be going back on that excitement. But like every review that I read, even if they gave it a high-ish score, like anything over kind of eight and a half out of 10, any of those like decent scores, the actual content of the review was still like, 
Uh, it took me 15 hours and I'm still not sold or I'm still <sighs> on the fence or, you know, this was really weird. And just the, like the language that they use to describe this game. I'm like, you're really not selling me on any parts of this game that sound like fun or exciting or compelling. Like, yeah, I don't know. It just <sighs> like you have to walk really far distances. And if you move too fast, you shake the baby and that's bad. And like, oh, man, I don't know. I just. None of it sounded like something I wanted to do. I I agree. Um, you know, Kojima's games have never really spoke to me, and I think that's what it takes to really like Death Stranding is is to really look at oh, this is a Kojima production. I need to play this because he gets me. He tells a story that's weird and wacky, and I'm all in. And for me, um. I yeah I just I I was at best going to live vicariously through some twitch streams and some YouTube clips and stuff but really from what I've seen of Death Stranding um it sounds like it's it's definitely not for me and again I think I have limited time to play games and the last thing I want to do is is walk uh you know um (laughs) yeah it's, yeah, you I wanted to have a little bit more to it than, you know, a walking simulator for quite a long time. And apparently it did get a little bit more interesting and a little bit better. But again, it's one of those games that I think Ryan and I have harped on so many times. Just that if it takes me that much time to get into your game and get excited and really like your mechanics and everything else, if it takes me 10 to 15 hours, spoiler alert, I'm trying to play too many other things. I don't have 10 to 15 hours to sink into your game until it gets good. Like you gotta, you gotta hook me within the first couple hours. Like for me specifically where I have like Warcraft that I cover, I got Hearthstone that I cover. I'm really into dead by daylight right now. Those are all titles that are constant, right? Like they're always updating. There's always stuff going on and you always have to keep playing them. So with that amount of game time taken up with titles like that, and I mean, there's so many titles like that now. If you're a single player experience, you got to grab me right off the get go like Luigi's Mansion did. Like you have to pull me away from those games as a service. And if your game doesn't have great mechanics or a very interesting, very compelling story that you're showing me in the first hour, I'm probably not going to come back. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, You're, I completely agree. I can't pick up a, I can't in good conscience pick up a game that I know uh, requires 20. And I'm going to tell you something after we're recording because it would be considered a spoiler that I heard about the, about Death Stranding, uh, specifically <laughs> about Chapter 3. And that's all I'll say. So the people who have played it probably know what I'm going to tell Jocelyn. And then they're going to write something in Discord and be like, either you're totally right. Or, ah, but you know, 10 hours later, it's, it's all good, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> and I'm poking fun at this point, but, um, you know, in terms of the other games on, on the game of the year list, like Resident Evil two, uh, I know it's not your jam, but that is a fantastic remake of a game that would be impossible to play right now. It's, you know, uh, PS two or no, sorry, it would be, it'd be PS one era, uh, Resident Evil two. Now I'm not, I think it is PS1 because I played it on the N64. That sounds right to me. Yeah. So N64, that was a long time ago, dude. Yeah. We're old. <laughs> no. Well, okay. Yeah, that's true. But um, <laughs> this is a fantastic remake and they they blend old school and new school Resident Evil really well. And the fact that there's a rumor that uh, Resident Evil 3 is going to get the same treatment 
because um, I hadn't played that one because I think it was again on a Sony and Sega platform. Um, but yeah, Control, I played a little bit of it and I really liked it, but it just came out around the time of so many other things. You know, Outer Worlds is is utterly fantastic. And I mean, given the toss up between what you should play um, for for next week between those two games, I feel like unless your Game Pass subscription is going to expire anytime soon, uh, I would check out Control because honestly, that is going to be right up your alley. It's got a supernatural story, great gunplay, great, you know, powers and stuff that you get to use in your combat, uh, super psychedelic type stuff. It feels like um, a little bit like Men in Black if it was way more serious and way more like... uh, So like literally like Supernatural. Yeah, like Supernatural, but like Supernatural merged with MIB, I guess is what I'd say. Yeah, that's I, I'm just I'm in the middle of catching up on Supernatural right now, and I freaking love that TV show. So you're, I'm sold. <laughs> okay, so that I I think you'll really really like it, and if you do end up playing it, let me know because I will jump back in as well, and uh, we will talk about it. But uh, I I think the the show the pre-show conversation we had about some games being missing on the list, and going down here and just seeing a lot of these games and being like I don't know, uh, you know, action game is putting Call of Duty on here really the um sort of unique choice because i mean that just seems like again i did not play it full disclosure i'm sure it's a great there's action in that game but for me i've always been one and i'm just one person with one opinion but i've always been one to look at what do you what kind of games do you put in these categories and i've always gone with the side of let's put something unique in here let's maybe not you know put like, uh, like for example, Gears 5, Devil May Cry 5, Call of Duty 13. But looking at Astral Chain, like, that's a great action game. And I hope it wins because it's unique. It's different mm-hmm. from every other one on this list. Um, so, again, I, I hope that, you know, I don't want to look at these categories and these nominees and be like, oh, this is terrible. Because there is there are unique sort of options across the board. I think control yeah, is plague, a great option. plague tale plague tale innocence is one that got nominated for I think the category that I was almost the most confused about because it was um narrative narrative game um and I think it like that one belongs in there for sure I don't know if it, it necessarily belongs in to win or would win but I mean it's up against basically the the other or the game of the year category people death stranding control outer worlds um, but I think there's a couple that are missing in there because I thought that both Telling Lies and Man of Medan were actually really good narrative games this year. I mean, Man of Medan is kind of the start of what seems to be a new franchise, and it's coming off of the guys that made Until Dawn, which was so good, and it had some like jumpy, scary moments, but it was a really compelling story at the same time. It wasn't just relying on jump scares. There was a lot of like cool story in there and telling lies was one of like the most unique experiences in gaming that I've had this year because you actually had to like watch these intimate moments because it was, this was the one uh, if you guys don't remember where it was basically all either hidden camera footage or uh, Skype calls, phone calls, all that kind of stuff. So it was like 
NSA style recording of people's day to day lives that you had to put together by searching a database and trying to pick words out of the story, like out of the the clips that you were viewing, trying to pick information out of those clips and put it like piecing together the story. So that was from uh, was it is it her story was the original yeah. Like, it's Telling Lies isn't a sequel, but it's from the same developer. Yeah, her story, I think it's like, oh, what's the developer's name? I think it's like, anyway, I'm not going to remember it uh, just by trying to summon it. But yeah, yeah. her and story it's, was It's kind of different because her story, you were trying to put the whole story together, right? Telling Lies, you have a set amount of time that you have to figure things out because essentially like you are a government agent, you've stolen this database, you're trying to put the story together and then you're going to release it to the press. So you have literally one night before they catch up with you and uh, you have to put the story together. So it's a little bit different because you don't fill in every single blank, but um, you can kind of put together a pretty, pretty good story. And it was really cool. I really liked it. I thought, again, it was a good story and a really interesting way of telling it. So I was surprised that neither one of those titles was uh, considered for narrative game of the year because, I mean, to me, those those were the experiences that I, I thought were the best this year, even better than Plague Tale. Plague Tale is OK, but mm-hmm. no, you're right. It, it, it was I think if you want to honor that game with a nomination, that's kind of where it can stand. Right. Um, it is in the narrative yeah i mean it definitely it belongs in narrative for sure 100 yeah. percent. i i mean uh some other you know sort of notes like the only place fire emblem three houses being noted uh, as a strategy game sure makes sense i mean mm. i don't know if it can beat you know the heavy hitters in terms of strategy like total war or you know, total war three kingdoms i guess it was very highly received but i think three houses could have could have appeared in some other categories to kind because of, it's a really i really love that game obviously and uh it tells a very interesting story with branching paths that are substantially different um so yeah i feel like three houses probably could have popped up in a couple other places but i was actually yeah. surprised because i mean and it's kind of the same uh a lot of the nintendo titles that we we talked about over this past year basically all turned up in the same place which was a uh, family game um so luigi's mansion ring fit adventure super mario maker 2 uh smash ultimate and yoshi's crafted world we've talked about all of those titles over the course of the year they're all great um but yeah they're they're all just kind of lumped together under under family game and i don't really know where else you put them because i wouldn't necessarily say like there's a story in luigi's mansion but it's like super basic Mm -hmm. (laughs) so i mean i wouldn't necessarily say it's a narrative game and it's not like a platformer i don't know really what i would call it but i don't know it just it's like putting all these games up against each other i mean at least you know nintendo's gonna get a win i guess (laughs) they're gonna get something i mean yeah super mario maker 2 appearing only in this category that's another game that was really really cool um maybe because it was a sequel it didn't kind of wow as many people but super mario maker was some outlets game of the year when it came out Mm, right because it was so unique but yeah that's true i just i don't know i don't know what else you would call it because it's like it's one of those things where they're the categories just don't necessarily i mean they're all very broad genres i guess but it just becomes like do you make super mario maker strategy game like a i i almost wish there was like 
creative games, but then are there enough hmm. games that fall into that genre of like creativity and and um like gamer directed games yeah, to make sure. it its own category? I don't know, but you're right. Like it just it seems odd to stack these things up against each other because it's almost like family game is just like the category where Nintendo fell because <laughs> there was nowhere else that kind of fit the more unique stuff that they're doing. Like, I mean, Ring Fit Adventure is another really good, like, do you put that in sports games? Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. <laughs> uh, I mean, sport, the sport, the sport, it's like sports and racing. And um, it's a pretty, pretty light category in terms of like, there's, there's like half EA games. And then, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think some, you know, some other notes here, like best RPG. Uh, I think that's one we haven't talked about. I think that's, could be a lock for outer worlds out of these mm. these other ones you know kingdom hearts 3 monster hunter world but that's a that's a expansion i think they're they're talking specific. yeah because it's specifically iceborne it's not monster hunter world because monster hunter world was last year right so yeah for sure it's, yeah it was last year i would be surprised if anything took it over uh outer worlds it really is a, is a great rpg but i mean nintendo's scattered through here uh, a lot of you know uh microsoft and sony titles as well but i i it'll be really interesting to see the show i think the show has gotten better over you know year over year um they've done a really good job at kind of like tightening it up removing the awkwardness and the in the in just the straight up bizarreness of some of their ad breaks and stuff um it's still not my favorite broadcast, but you're right. It has it's gotten better over the years, and I mean, every once in a while, you get a, a unique uh, trailer and stuff mm. that we haven't seen, and announcements and things that happen at Game Awards sometimes. So I think it's still something I'm going to watch because I'm still interested. But this is you're right, Ryan. This is probably the first year where I feel least reflected as a gamer in the in the awards that are in the nominees anyways that are that have been announced for the game awards and it is it is a voting thing like it, it's an open vote so you can sign in now to to still vote so if you do want to uh, have your voice heard at least uh, maybe not in the nominations but at least in the uh, results then uh, you absolutely can do that now. You can go to thegameawards.com to uh, sign in and vote. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I Like I said, there are a couple in the game of the year category that I, I do still need to play. And because of that, there's a lot of games like kind of because game of the year obviously has a trickle down through the other categories. Right. So yeah. you don't get a game of the year nomination if you can't get a nomination in your specific genre category and stuff. And as well as, you know, art direction and blah, 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 all those other kind of technical categories. So um, I think that's maybe why I'm feeling a little bit of the disconnect is because even of the couple of games like Outer Worlds and um, Control that would appeal to me. Those are the two I haven't played. So therefore, I there's a lot of categories that I'm like, wow, I haven't played anything that's nominated. I felt like I played a lot this year, but just I maybe not the popular stuff. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm starting to go off the beaten path. Maybe Gamers In is just not mainstream anymore. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> As we talked about Luigi and Pokemon all day today, but yeah. still, <laughs> I, I, think I don't it's know. Just, it's just uh... weird. You're, you're right. You're totally right in the way that they, they have their Game of the Year nominations and it is a trickle-down effect. And I think we just... It was luck of the draw. I mean, um, really and truthfully, like, between the two of us, the two games that we just didn't play this year that are our Game of the Year are Death Stranding and uh, Sekiro. And Sekiro, I think, I think yeah. we made 
pretty strong cases for why we would have never probably played them. Um, yeah, and, I think uh, this year was just like in terms of big titles, it just really wasn't the year for stuff that appealed to us. Um, I mean, outside of and, and I am kind of surprised that this hasn't been nominated, but um, I really, really enjoyed Days Gone. Um, I thought it was really fun from a combat perspective. It was fun from a narrative perspective. It was bigger than I thought it was going to be. There were some small choices that they made that I didn't necessarily agree with, which was basically like locking off a part of the map for, for no real reason other than maybe hardware constraints. I don't know, but um, it just overall, it was a really great experience. It was a big, long narrative experience. It had a good story. I mean, I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised to see Days Gone not get any mentions at all um, throughout this whole entire thing because I thought that like the the horde mechanic in Days Gone was really cool well, and think... and kind of different than a lot of other uh, zombie games because I normally don't play them. No, for sure. Yeah, and and I think where you, where you said before, like we're maybe we're outside, you know, the critics' choice slash mainstream. I think you and I uh, came on, down on a different side of Days Gone in the sense that a lot of the mainstream, a lot of, you know, uh, online users didn't like Days Gone. It didn't click with them. There were a lot of people who did like it, but critically, it did not do so well. It was, I think, w the way we talked about it when it came out was this felt like it would be heralded as a great Xbox exclusive, but because it's in, you know, it's coming off of Spider-Man and God of War for the PlayStation exclusive camp, it it, it falls short. But for us, yeah. we, we really enjoyed what it presented. And from a narrative point of view, it really offered um, a lot of stories that started and ended throughout the game and then continued. So it almost felt like there were maybe two or three games uh, of story in there that they kept within the one package. Um, I really dug that because again, we wait five to six years sometimes between sequels, right? So it's nice to be able to get more story in a game. And I think Days Gone had it, had it in heaps, right? Or in hordes, I mm -hmm. guess I should say. <laughs> are there any, are there any other things missing from the game awards that you want to mention before we wrap up the show? I just, uh, wish I had more time to play all these games. And I think mm. that's, uh, an end to That's maybe... always the takeaway from game of the year. Whenever we start talking about game of the year, it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I played 40 different things and didn't scratch the surface of everything that came out this year. That's how I always feel come December. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm looking forward to the show. I think I don't watch award shows, so I can safely say that this is the best one that I like. <laughs> um, it's the best and also worst if it's the only one. I Touche. <laughs> that is too true, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Good, good. So again, that that will go live on December 12th. I'm assuming you can watch it in all the places you normally watch things. So uh, do check it out again. If you'd like to vote on the nominees or see all the categories, you can find that at thegameawards.com. That's going to do it for us tonight. If you'd like to tell us exactly why we are wrong about all of the Game Awards nominees <laughs> or let us know what exactly you would have nominated in place of some of these titles, 
You can either email the show at info at or you can hit us up over on Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit, visit us on the web. We are at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays, Ryan is at R. Murphy, and don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. <laughs>